Shea Stadium, the new home of the Mets, to be ready for the opening day of the 1964 season. Here is a stadium that has been designed to be the greatest ever built for baseball, with a perfect view of the playing field from every seat. Not a column, pillar, or post in the entire park to obstruct the view. 55,000 seats, and nearly all of them within the foul lines. Everything about this stadium has been designed for the comfort and convenience of the fans. Play ball! Take me out to the ball game. Hello everyone and welcome to From the Cheap Seats, your favorite podcast for Frank unapologetic, and shamelessly opinionated Washington Nationals news outside the press box, the dugout, and the very informative stadium urinals. My name is Thad Helsley, and today I'm very pleased to welcome back our three favorite New Yorkers, the Mets mob. Leonardo from Manhattan, uh, reminding everybody to listen to the Arrive Alive podcast at arrivealivepodcast.com. D. Grove, Dave Grover from the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Rob, originally from Brooklyn, now in Manhattan, and specifically neighbor to D. Grove. So, boys, this past week, major portions of the country, at apparently their local discretion, began to tiptoe back to reopening business establishments and uh, restaurants and entertainment venues, blah, blah, blah. Any of that relaxation going on in New York? Leonardo, I think you have to start that one off, given your experience from last night. Exactly. Um, Slowly getting back. Uh, We're hoping uh, next two weeks or so, the beaches on Long Island will be open, but uh, a wonderful, trusted... Uh, Mr. de Blasio has not made a decision on the city beaches just yet. Okay. But um, but parts of your state are sort of the more rural areas. Yep. Yeah. Half the state upstate. I went to Syracuse University. I believe they're open as well. You know, limitedly. So I, I got to tell you, first let me just say something. Please. Leonardo, I think you're a bright guy. You know, I, I hear you speaking. Uh, question 49. Yeah. Nice background. I've seen your family. You know, yeah. good guy. Saying you can't get COVID outside is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. I will prove it to you within a, beyond a shadow of a doubt. You're a lawyer, right? Like if, if I will get I am, 12 am. people, we'll do we'll do a freaking Skype. You know, uh, 12 greatest men or whatever. Remember that movie, 12 Angry Men or whatever. 12 Angry uh, Men, yeah. We'll, we'll, like uh, the jury uh, in the in the in the back room discussing. Yeah, let's do it. I'll get six. We'll uh, Rob will choose the jury. Let's get five people to make it easier. No, no. He's 30 minutes. And then Wait, whatever no, no. they think, uh, who, and put 50 bucks on. Would you volunteer right now? I've met your parents. Would you allow your parents to go out with a big crowd of 3,000 people right I now? Say, I said a crowd. You were, like, worried because some okay. bicycle would your parents go out, you Would you let your parents go to a concert right now with 50 strangers outside? Uh, outside. <sighs> Sitting next to each other. Not six feet apart. Three inches apart. If there were, uh, you know, that's a tough one, but but, uh, but you're changing the narrative. You're changing the narrative. You're like, some guy rode by me, and I, I breathed two molecules from his uh, nose, and I'm not, now I'm going to go to, uh, to the hospital. Story now. Okay. Which, by the way, back to Thad's question real quick. I was just outside in the Upper East Side. Okay. And it is packed. Really? The restaurants yeah. are open. No People way. Are, 
The how come you're not, how come you're not texting the 311 and no, reporting no, no, no. everybody? Because they're not doing it that way. They're doing essentially takeout. So, they, so they're handing out alcohol on the streets. Oh, so really? The bar, so the it's like Bourbon Street in New Orleans yes, almost. Yes. The bars and the restaurants are jam-packed with people drinking and eating up and down the street. Awesome. So, so you know, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, hoping it was kind of cool to see and also a little terrifying. So if it works out, hey, great. You well, know, did people cool. have masks on at least or no? Most had met, but when you're drinking, it's hard to yeah, keep it Yeah, 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 right. Most people had met, not all of them. I, would I don't know, somebody, maybe you just give straws for a beer, right? <laughs> Put a little right. hole. <laughs> That's what they got to do. Well, let's do that. Let's cut that. Yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. It's a beer straw. Yeah. And when Leonardo wanted to get that panel of six people, I don't think you guys are aware, but he was talking about uh, Laura Ingram and Tucker Carlson. No, you can and- choose the jury. I'll choose three. You choose three. <laughs> But anyway, let's talk about the mess. How many games uh, behind are we right now? <laughs> <laughs> right. This season over. Undefeated, baby. Undefeated. Still so, so in our last two episodes together, we discussed the latest versions, whatever they were at the time, of the flavor of the month, of MLB's plans to restart baseball. Okay. And those were based on leaked reports. But... This week, it was official. MLB made an actual formal presentation to the Players Union. And then the baseball commissioner, Robert Manfred, uh, uh, just a few nights ago, went on CNN in primetime to talk about what they discussed in detail. So um, the National American Leagues are maintained. Uh, so history is saved, David. Um, Thank you. <laughs> there, there will just be a lot more regional interleague play to uh, uh, minimize traveling. There'll be an 82-game regular season starting on July 4th weekend. The stands will at least initially be empty, but may eventually allow a limited number of spectators, depending on how things go overall. But Players Union has to approve this before anything can happen. So, David, you got your leagues back. What do you think? Love, love, love having the leagues back. But, but and I think oh, I think we could all agree. You know, we don't agree on much on this podcast. Okay. But, but can we agree on one thing? Okay. Yes. The yeah, we just agree. The DH is evil. Can we agree with that? Okay, yes. well, okay, DH, okay, let's explain for listeners who are not sort of in, because if you're in the National League, you don't even know what a DH is. So, David, would you like to explain? Allow me to jump in. In baseball, the designated hitter, DH, is a player that bats in place of the pitcher. The position is authorized by Major League Baseball Rule 5.11 and was adopted by the American League in 1973. The National League has not adopted this rule. The DH is evil. It basically says that one player on the field is incapable of hitting. Therefore, you have to have a substitute player hit in his wussy place. That is absolutely pathetic. Pitchers are athletes. Pitchers are able to hit. And also, it takes away such important parts of the game in terms of strategy, double switches, pinch hitting, things like that. What is that? Oh, he can't hit. And by the way, how far do we take this? Catchers aren't great hitters. Should we have a DH for catchers? Should we have DHs for shortstops? If you play in the field, you should be able to hit. The NL is what it's been. They made this up, what, in the 60s or something like that for the dopey AL. And now they want to put it in this season, in this abbreviated season, which, by the way, I think we all know means once it happens this season. It's there forever. 
Remember, yeah. baby, this yeah. is what we have. No, it's true. And that's the crap. And I think one thing we could agree on, that is horrible. Do we agree? Uh, I actually don't mind it, believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Degrove. The pitcher is basically an automatic out. That's one. Two, how many times, at least, and especially with the Mets, who have the worst luck, you get a situation where Jacob deGrom or any good pitcher can get hit on the hand or swings through and hurts the shoulder. Do you really, when you have such such quality out there, such quality pitchers, at least some of them, do you want to take that extra risk, that extra challenge of having them get hurt for what is basically an automatic out if you're lucky, uh, if you're lucky, a successful bunt. But let me oh, let me just let me just add real quickly. You're right. Okay, yeah, it's a risk to be up you. there. But guess what? So in the last season, the uh, World Series champions, the Nationals, we we lost guys. You know, Trey Turner got his thumb broken. It still isn't fixed. So he played with only four fingers on one hand. You know, and, right. and it was on April second when it was first. Not so everybody's at risk. Every single guy in the field. The point of it is that baseball is ultimate democracy. Everybody goes up. Everybody plays. you got a field position, you get a chance to hit. Whether you suck or not, you go. You may be the most brilliant outfielder in the world. You have to hit. Pitcher, look Matt Scherzer, uh, Strasburg got five home runs last year. Believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> and Bartolo Colon got that, that historic home run. I mean, we would have never had that. Automatic out, Rob? I mean, a lot of pitchers, a lot of Mets pitchers are hit around 200. Uh, the like, league fun. average is like 240 now. Oh, yeah, is it? Okay. All right. There you go. Yeah, hit. Catchers aren't the best hitters either. Short stops yeah, are. But if, what do you do? But if the game's on the line and you could have one person get up to bat and it's your pitcher or your catcher, who would you take? I tell you, there are times maybe the pitcher, more times the catcher, but there are catchers who are worse hitters than pitchers. Wait, you. You just said both things. <laughs> Usually, typically, the catcher are, is a better hitter than the pitcher, but not always. Seagrove, you have one. The game's on the line. You look over at your bench. You have your pitcher. You have your catcher. Who are you putting up to bat? Probably the catcher. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Next topic. But you know something? I'd uh, rather my cleanup hitter. I knew we wouldn't go to the next okay. topic. <laughs> I'd, I'd also rather my cleanup hitter up every at bat, all nine batters, but I'm not going to have him up every time. It's not part of the game. That's what It is what it is. I understand. The, the point is that when the, when the pitcher is up, you're more or less conceding it's, relatively speaking, an automatic out. Automatic out. We just said they bat around a 200, 180, 200, whatever it is. Not automatic out. When the catch is up, it's not much better than that, is it? I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, catchers. I mean, come on, you've got. I mean, Pete Rose was a catcher. I mean, a lot of the, you know, there's a lot of people uh, that are, you know, great hitters that are catchers. Let's go on to the proposal itself. Uh, Do you want to lead off there, Lynn? Um, I think this is their first kind of presentation, and they expect a lot of feedback. They didn't take care of the health stuff, though. And it doesn't say, okay, if two guys get COVID-19, what do we do? You know, how does that work? Like, they didn't address that. Um, but you, it's got to be different. It's got you know, it's with no fans, with no, they get 40%. So there's got to be give and take. And they got to settle this pretty soon. Okay. Yeah, I just want to mention, though, I didn't have a chance to send it to you guys. This afternoon, they did release a 67-page document. Um oh, 
to the both the media and to the players association which details the protocols you can look at it it's like well, every freaking damn thing i wish i'd known you i wish that. i'd known what a prenup I was I, <laughs> I pretended to have read it i didn't see that but you know i typically do kind of lean when these it's all to come down to money right Players want their money. They're getting a lot of bad publicity right now. The owners offered 50-50. The original deal, as we all know, was the players would get their prorated full salary, right? right. That was a the deal they made. That was a the deal they made in March. I was yeah. assuming that there was going to be fans in the stand. Well, that's right. what it is. So that was it. Now it changes. So now revenue goes down, what, 60% or something like that? Yeah. They can't get paid their full salary if there's no fans in the stands. Well, let's say I mean, baseball I, is more dependent on fans than, let's say, football, which gets like a g- trillion dollars from TV. Baseball doesn't. Baseball's too local. You know, it's not. I mean, people in one part of the country don't watch um, baseball in the other part of the country very rarely. Not not yeah, the same so way. The, yeah, so the play, you know, I get it. The players are nervous. They think it's coming out. You know, like the DH, I'm saying, will continue after this year. Well, they think that maybe this revenue sharing 50-50 might continue and therefore there'll be a salary cap one day. That's why they're against it. But you know something? Screw it. It is what it is. So no it, I mean, is that the only thing about it that you don't like is the, the money situation? And the DH. And the DH. Okay. I don't, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't think any of us care about the money. We just want them to play. We're just giving our we opinion. do. We do. I don't do. care who makes the money. But, um, okay, I want to give you a quote. There's a couple of guys came out, <laughs> came out to uh, speak on this plan of 50-50 revenue. So uh, one of them was um, Tampa Bay Rays pitcher Blake Snell. And yeah. here's this quote. Bro, I'm risking my life. If I'm going to play, I should be getting the money I signed to get play. Okay. If he was in front of me, I'd smack him in the face. (laughs) People under 60 don't die from this. People under 50 pretty much don't die uh, or over 50. So it's like getting the flu. Okay. I know a lot of people that had it. for, For somebody that's an athlete, they don't die from it. Okay. Um, you know, Thad, do you have a liability insurance for this uh, podcast? Um, I, I have a policy die. for my they company. They don't die. Look at the numbers. <laughs> they do die. They die at a less, 30. They don't they die from a lesser rate. 20-year-olds die. Of course they die at a lesser rate, but they still but die. At a lesser rate. Like at about the same rate as they die from the regular flu. But that's not what you said. You said they don't die. from. They don't, what, it's the about. same rate as the flu. So why, if there's the flu, why? Please. You know, it's, yeah. you know it's, I, I think that guy was up. The opinions of Leonardo are his own opinions, not the opinions of the <laughs> Chief News Podcast. Okay, I got you. I got you. Back. Everybody's got their own opinions here. That's what we're. That's what we're here for. We're, we're trying to, to make Aristotle come alive. Conflict. Um, yeah. Well, you know, in in but you know, the head of the union, Tony Clark, has said, "Well, this is basically they're just trying to sneak in a salary cap, whatever." Because in, I mean, the the last strike was what in the nineties. And it was over whether or not to have salary caps, um, which all the other leagues have. This is the only one that doesn't, right? There's sort of unlimited free agency here, and it's the marketplace. And the marketplace has favored the players, at least so far. They don't. This seems like it's going to be a sticking point to getting this thing done, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Huge thing. Now, I think what Rob might... Happen to still on this podcast. What? Happen still on this podcast. Hello? Yeah, yes. Uh, 
Okay. Bueller? All right. Right. You're allowed to talk, Rob. No, no, no. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm going to circle back on the DH argument. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think? Come on. Yeah, Len's got a good point. You've been relatively silent compared to your usual uh, banter. Uh, as I would, as I would do in school, uh, when I've forgotten the question, when I, when I didn't really, I'm sorry, could you repeat that, please? Could you? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so we've got this, uh, deal on the table between right. the major league baseball and the unions and, yep. um, for this particular arrangement to get, everybody seems to want to have baseball go forward. The yep. big sticking point is right. how we're going to pay these guys. The MLB is going to lose billions and billions of dollars yes. because there are yes. no people right. in the stands, at least not initially. Yep. And I will know. the players accept less than their actual normal prorated salaries, okay. which they the agreed to in March? And by the way, like in school, yeah, uh, I initially don't pay attention. Uh, I then have to have it repeated, and then I give a brilliant answer. So okay, this, this perfect. Is very much going in line. Yes, it was still the best looking guy at Brooklyn uh, Polytech, uh, nineteen seventy nine. Brooklyn High School. So here's the thing: I don't think the players are going to accept less money because they they rarely see the big picture. Uh, they should, but they don't, and they won't. So that will continue to be the sticking point, and they should see the fact that right now what happens is is that when you go without something, you tend to get used to it, at least for most things. <laughs> so what happens is is that you – yeah, right. So you, you see that there are things that you could do without. So, for example, if people are making do without going to the movies and they really like streaming – well, maybe when movies open up again, they don't go back to it. So what happens is you risk losing that marketplace when you get people used to not having it. That's going to be the situation here potentially, especially among the younger folk. Again, you've heard me say it before up until as short as five minutes ago. We are four men of a particular age, of a certain age. So we'll always need and want baseball. But will that younger marketplace crave it, desire it, or when they or it's gone, they're like, I, hey, you know what? I was a marginal fan at best anyway. I don't, I find I don't really miss it all that much. What's next? But but okay, so, let me throw, throw this back at you. I understand those points. I take them well. But let's go you. back to what uh, David said at very top of this podcast. He was talking about as soon as you just fucking relax the rules, just the tiniest bit. There's so much pent up demand. People are so eager to get i mean you may say okay we're all just going to become couch potatoes and live on netflix and and right. uh delivery pizza but but then david's story is like everybody in new york is, is fucking turning the upper east side into bourbon street uh right. during mardi gras you know people want to be outside they want to be with people we are social creatures we did, we conquered the earth this way so i don't know if we're all going to just because of of um uh, you know, the fact that this has been going on for two months, we're like, oh, fuck it. Let's just yep. sit here on our cots until we die. Yep, I hear you. My, <laughs> again, my guess is that they won't accept less money because they're not going to see big picture. Athletes have a very small window, relatively speaking, with which they can maximi maximize their uh, earning potential. They're going to look at this and they're they're going to say, pay me the, show me the money. What is that? Show me the money? Right. Degrowth, do it. Show me the money. Right. Well, and, and I think I sent out an email 
you know, where we did some of the math based on, let's say they do do this plan, 82 games for the regular season. And they they figure they're going to generate like four billion versus twelve, and then you split that up fifty fifty. Each player gets something like thirteen thousand dollars an hour, which might be less Dad, than what he was getting in, before. Dad, I'm so I'm so sorry to apologize. D Grove wants to jump in. There's the, there's the the New York seven o'clock yeah. celebration going on. D Grove, yeah. do it. Oh, what is it? Let's say take me out to the ball game. Take me. Oh, is this the stuff of the healthcare workers? Or yeah, seven o'clock. They all hoot and howl and bang uh, cans and pots and pans. Oh, cool. Can you hear it? You might be able oh, to hear it cool, outside. Man. You see it? Hear it? That is cool, dude. Yeah, they all come out, bang cans, clap. Wow. Listeners, you heard it here authentically on From the Cheap Seats. Then <laughs> you don't seem impressed. Yep. This is the time. That's pretty cool. So there you go. Sorry, Dad. I didn't mean to interrupt. I no, just no, no. I wanted you to hear that. No, that and, was, and we do that in celebration of our healthcare workers. Yeah. Right. For those people in St. Louis and beyond. So. If this plan went forward, they might not make as much money, but um, A, the um, average uh, Major League Baseball player's career is 5.3 years. Okay. You right. lose one, that's a big, that's a giant chunk right. of your life, right? Okay. Right. Lose a year. Number two, the even if they only do play 82 games, and even with the 50-50 revenue share, it's almost $14,000 an hour, which isn't shit change. You know, no, it's like it's no. like if they think that the entire amount they can generate through TV and and uh, limited merchandising is like four billion split uh, two ways between the 30 owners and the 1200 players or the 900 players and the other guys who are also in the union. That's it's still forty thousand dollars an hour based yep. on a three hour game. Doesn't suck. Well, I think you know, they, they have take to go deal. training. You know, I mean, it's not so cutting. Well, no, no, that's true. That's true. No, they, they get they get there two hours before the game. They leave an hour after. Can travel. we talk about Jose Altuve of Bryce Harper? Are we up to that point in the show yet? No, we're not. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, the players are going to have to suck it up. I mean, it sucks. I get, by the way, not every player makes thirty million dollars a year. I get that. So right. people forget. Again, I, I am back. Juan Soto made two hundred fifty thousand dollars last year. There are players, <laughs> my, yeah, there are a number of players making five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars a year, which yeah, is a lot of money for most people. But sure. for a baseball player, considering it's all the money you're going to make the rest of your life, for the most part, you know, I get it, losing that salary. But you know something, it sucks. We're in a pandemic. There'll be no fans in the stands. Just deal with it, man. That's it. Deal with it. Len, would you do it? Would you go? If you were a player right now, you're 21, and you're a player, would you go? You know, I did see some of that, what you referred to, that new thing that came out today. I think I would. That 67-page plan, the health thing? Yeah. They're going to test everybody. Yep, they are. They're going to, I guess, check their temperatures like they're doing in South Korea. Yeah, I mean, they've got so much precedent. And the other thing is the the lab that's going to do all the tests is the one they established years ago to do the testing for – um, uh, drug testing. So it's not like they're taking tests away from yeah. any other normal person because that lab was specifically created just to do the weekly drug tests that they do on these guys. So, so 
you know, so that part of it, you know, the, the argument is like, wow, you're taking this away from important healthcare. No, no, this lab is one job on the planet, and that's and they're going to handle the the virus stuff. No, no, Dan, no. I thought you were going to ask a different question, which I think is a really interesting one for the group. Okay. Which is, I what I thought you were going to say is, you, so you have the you resume play and you have everything set up. I thought you were going to ask us, would you guys go to a game? So, for example, oh, I know, I, I, that's a great. I go and breathe on David Grover. <laughs> but you can't get it anyway. You're right. I say, hey, Dave, have a fry. And I look at while he was looking at. So, Leon, so Leonardo, you would go to a game. I miss City Field, right? More than I ever thought I would. I would absolutely go to a game. I would okay. absolutely go. D Grove, I would go if I could. Again, I am one of those people who believe you know, like scientists. You can Here get it outside. I know doctors. Violin music under this bed. Thank you. What do they know? They're only doctors, right? So I do believe <laughs> what they say. And health when, expert. Yeah. <laughs> so the answer is. If I could do it under their guidelines, which is six feet apart, wearing masks, yes, I would go to a game. Dad? Well, you know, I would go to a game. The thing is, you know, I live in the suburbs. You guys right. would say exurbs, probably. Sure. Um, you know, it's almost like Westchester County uh, by your standards. But um, getting there. So I would normally get there by a train. So 90 minutes on a train, I'd be more afraid of because that train is like a fucking space capsule and uh, every fucking indigent in the world is on that train. I, I wouldn't, you know, fucking open stadium. Like Len says, I'm not worried about a goddamn stadium. I'm worried about being in the space capsule, like Apollo 13 with every infected motherfucker on the planet for 90 minutes each way. That's you, what would scare me. Now I could drive and pay a hundred bucks to park, and that's the not. other thing. Yeah. And you realize, by the way, now Leonardo's parents cannot listen to the podcast <laughs> if you. I'll have to bleep. Well, I'll have to bleep. Tirade. Because I'll never get my Christmas bully base that way. Right. So you wouldn't. <laughs> so you. So you wouldn't go based on the commute to and from, not the actual sitting in the stands. Correct. Unless I drive. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Would you have any problems sitting next to people that you don't know? Well, under the things that have been described, like you said, you know, every, if they're going to do every other, you know, it's just like the White House briefing room. Have you, have you, you ever watched the press conferences, how they've got the reporters spread up? You know, if they're doing it there, I mean, come on, we can get, I go to the grocery store, but I have a mask on. Yeah. Um, you know, I will live with it. I haven't got it yet. It's been, I've, I've been sheltering since March 10th. Last time I was in a room with humans was uh, on a shoot on March 9th. So, uh, still alive. So, there are certain players that have, that are vulnerable because they have, I mean, there are guys who are on chemo. There's guys who have HIV. There are guys who have autoimmune deficiency. They were, they're, they're high risk, right? They're high risk if they got this. You know, despite their young age, they they could conceivably die. So, can they opt up? So, if the even if the union agrees to something, you know, agrees to some kind of deal, maybe it's not fifty fifty, maybe it's sixty forty, maybe it's seventy five twenty five, whatever it is that they come, finally, because everybody wants to get paid something right. this year right. and to play something this year, but right. individual guys say, "Dude, yeah. I'm no, I I'm, you know, I don't want to go, man. I don't want to go." I, this is, we, I know this is going to be unique, and we haven't really broached this subject before. Yeah. But you can't get this when you're outside. 
Okay. So that's my that's my. Except that they're story. not always just outside. They're in yeah. locker rooms together. But they're training. But you changed the story six times about that already. You said you can in big crowds. You said you wouldn't want your parents going you're to a. At the whole plate, the catcher's mouth is at your knees, no, right? And you know, I mean, you know. Oh, you'd be such a bad witness. I'd love to have you on cross-examination, man. Can, uh, <laughs> can we segue into, uh, just as a, as a sense of respect, and I do mean this seriously, uh, a, just a, a well-wish for Art Howe, ex-Met manager. He is uh, in intensive care right now. Uh, probably not you know, the best Met, the Mets ever had, uh, but he is, um, and I think he was portrayed poorly he was. in Moneyball. You know? you know, he was portrayed to be like a, you know, in, in, in ignoramus when he was just a traditional baseball guy and like everybody else his age was. So uh, get well soon, Art Howe, if anybody out there knows the Howes or the, any him or family. Actually, it's funny, small world. I actually know someone who knows Art Howe. Oh, really? Yeah. I actually heard he's out of intensive care and he's oh, doing much. Good. Oh, good, 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 good. Okay. Yeah, he's doing better. He's happy for the well wishes. He, you know, I, I heard good things. I think it was a couple of weeks ago with Art Howe. I think he was going out to a concert, and someone said, should you really be doing that without a mask? And he was like, what could happen? <laughs> I was a good Just like the prime minister of England, you know, kissing babies, and then all of a sudden he's on a fucking ventilator. So, <laughs> By the way, you guys see what happened when you wake me up? Uh, you should <laughs> oh, dear, 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 dear. Okay, so. I hope they don't listen because they'd be out right now at a bar. All right. They'd be out in big crowds. Hey, my son said it's okay. Can't get sick from this. Bottom line, will there be baseball this year? Yes. Dave. Absolutely. You know, last podcast I said yes, absolutely. And I'm still going to say yes, but without the absolutely. Mm. This, this money thing might come into play. It might, this might be a problem. I think it's going to be like the strike that they had where they're like, look, guys, if we don't get this together, our sport might go away. I don't think it's certainly as dire as that. But I think it's like, you know what? We got to keep it. We got to get out there. We got to keep it in front of people. We have to remain relevant. We have to remain lively. Uh, and I think they're going to I think uh, cooler heads are going to prevail. They're going to see the bigger picture and force it through to the people that don't necessarily uh, get it. Yeah, but, but, how, but after that it, strike. Yeah. If I'm correct, and I think uh, there's an episode about this in the Ken Burns uh, ninth uh, episode documentary, Baseball. After that strike, fans did not easily forgive. They they stayed home for a right. long time, and it was really like that 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 sort of that epic thing between um, uh, McGuire and uh, what's his face. Yeah, Dosa. that that sort of kind of brought people back. That that was, but but that was sort of a that was almost random, unless some brilliant marketing guy like Len came up with that. But um, <laughs> it, it, it destroyed the Montreal Expos. Oh, did it really? Okay. Yeah, there we go. They, yeah, they were a good franchise, and the Expos, the fans in Montreal, never came back after that. Okay, perfect. And yeah. and I don't know. Again, if we're in this, and of course, hardly anybody remembers that. I mean, that was in the '90s. But if it becomes a billionaire versus millionaire kind of fight between these guys, like we refuse to work because you know you're not giving us X, even though maybe half the guys are making under a million dollars, the other ones are. You know the the Scherzers of the world are making all this money. Uh, will fans blame them? Yes, 
I mean, because it's not like they're fucking CEO of Google. All they have to go out and do is throw a ball, hit a ball, catch a ball, which is a great job to have to be able to play a kid's game as an adult and make a fucking gazillion dollars. <laughs> yeah. Fair or unfair, fans are going to blame the players. Yeah. Okay. You already are. Yeah. You know, how do they resolve this? What do you think? How do they resolve this? Well, David, you're the lawyer. You should tell us, man. You're the yeah. fucking chief well, justice of the, the Supreme the, Court. The, the problem is, the reason I have, you know, obviously, like most negotiations, all you got to do is negotiate and compromise on a number between both parties, right? Right. But this, the reason I'm worried about this one is because this has to do more on principle than money and how this affects things going forward. So if the players are hardcore saying, what if you put in a a um, proviso that said, okay, we're going to do this, but it's only going to be for this season. So I think their their actual real contract is coming up. What in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two? Yeah, the real one. Yeah. And and of course, the salary caps would be on the table and say, like, this has absolutely nothing to do with that because. Um, you know, like you say, I mean, yeah. I don't think when they threw this thing out, do, do, does, do any of us seriously believe that they thought the players would take it? Of course they didn't, but they had to They had to put a stake in the ground, right, as a negotiating start somewhere, right? Start somewhere different than what they agreed to in March, when at the time it was like, oh, this might be a short-term thing. We'll have everybody back by May or June. Okay. Everybody's not back by May or June. So <laughs> despite all the people in Upper East Side, New York, getting you know <laughs> drunk right in the middle of the street. I think another successful show. I think our fan base grows. I think more and more we are catching on, not in a bad way. Um, you don't have to wear a mask when you listen to us. <laughs> No, an, an ear mask, maybe. <laughs> Just also want to remind everybody, you know, it is motorcycle riding season. Sure, there's another plug. On your motorcycle, go to Arrive Alive Podcast, all one word. I'm your host, Leonardo from Manhattan. All right, man. Thank very you very right. much. The Mets mob, everybody. Quick reminder, you can find this series on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, as well as many of your favorite player apps. You can follow us on Twitter at at CheapSeatsDC, and you can reach us by email at thecheapseatsdc at gmail.com. See you next time on From the Cheap Seats. Take me. The From the Cheap Seats podcast is a public service provided by Thad Helsley Media, LLC, all rights reserved.